Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Sunday, February 21st, 221 day. It's sunny out, it's cold, it's still a dead of winter, but that sunshine sure feels good. The book of Isaiah today, chapter 43. Isaiah meaning the salvation of Yahweh, the salvation of Jehovah, our Father. Prophecy that was written for today, written prophecy that is more relevant to these times right now than ever before. All God's prophecies occur and develop in preliminary and partial happenings, for example, to us before they lead up to and become fulfilled and permanent. That's what the prophets are all about, telling us what's going on the here and now today. Isaiah's voice and pen by God's words. First, please consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. This podcast is only possible through your donations. Please give it up for God at companionchapel.com Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or each transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. You're encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests, or if you can or if you can help me with that website or with anything with the companion chapel, because I'm only good at one thing. My gift is teaching the Bible, everything else, trying to pull together a church or a many member body. I'm no good at if you can help with it with the a, a email list, or if you can help with a newsletter, or help me with a blog, or help me with a help me, help me anyway, help help broadcast God's word, help magnify God's word. Your part in the many member body is your works. That's what you'll be judged by. And we'll be learning that today in the book of Isaiah. What a great chapter 43. These are great chapters. They're about Messiah. They're about so comforting. He is our rock. He is our comforter, our salvation, our savior. Uh, Okay, you can uh, come by for a Bible study, number 338, Side Road, 28-29, RR5, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, NOG2GO. Don't be shy. Come on by. 519-706-8876 is the phone number here. Isaiah chapter 43. This is an encouragement chapter. This is a comforting chapter. He is our comforter. Let's get down the, into this here. 43 verse 1. Now saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. He calls all of us whomsoever will. The Redeemer is none other than Jesus Christ, our Savior. He redeemed us. And do you know how to claim that redemption? Or are you going to, or are you, God forbid, going to reject it? Well, let's see here. That's up to you. Verse 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be there. Fear not. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Fear not. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What does this mean? Do you think you can just, uh, hey, there's a big river there. I'm just going to walk right through there, you know, smoke hanging out of your mouth and just for eight feet of water, and then what? You know, you're going to have a problem. This what this means here. Go to the Revelation chapter 17, the glossary, one of the glossary chapters of the Bible. The ways of the world is what the waters means. It's the ways, it's the people of the world. Uh, the ways of the people of the world is the waters. Uh, the, uh, the rivers is the things of the world, like the flow of the economy, the flow of world politics, the flow of the global media, and walk us through the fire. What do you think? You can just walk through a fire. God is a consuming fire, and all evil will burn. The message is clear here. Do not carry or perpetuate evil, or it will burn you. It'll You burn yourself is what happens. All those things eat you up inside. They never are fulfilling, satisfying. You will never get any comfort from those things. Troubles of any kind. Okay, three. For I am, Ia Asha, Ia, I am that I am. He told us that's a sacred name to Moses. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. 
the Redeemer. He's the righteous right arm. He sent his righteous right arm down, our Lord Jesus Christ, our salvation, our Savior. Okay, now here's a little bit of history. This happened before. Uh, uh, for example, to us, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. And what's being said here is, uh, let's see... Okay, these were given to Persia as ransom money, as it were, for the release of Israel by Persia through the successor of Cyrus. In the time of Isaiah, these three were united under one dynasty. Ransom means atonement, and Jesus Christ paid that price. All those things were for examples for us to these end times, written in the book of Corinthians, amongst other places. Our Redeemer the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price. He was the only one worthy because he did not compromise with evil. We have all compromised with evil, negotiated with evil, made concessions with evil, and you can't get into heaven with that because the kingdom of heaven will not accommodate evil. Jesus Christ and his kingdom will not accommodate evil. It'll be a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. If Jesus Christ did accommodate evil, did make compromises, then it wouldn't be legit. It's a legit, bona fide, valid kingdom. And he suffered for us, for us, through our Redeemer. Give thanks to him. Pay homage to him. Worship him. Four, submit to him with unquestioned obedience. Four, since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I give men for thee and people for thy life. Yeah, this was translated on a Friday afternoon of a long weekend. Let's just see what this means. When it says man here, it means the man Christ and a member of many body of people. That's what he will give us. Okay? He loves us. He loves he loves us. Period. He loves you. He made you for his glory, his joy, his pleasure. And we have to think about that. Are you pleasing to God? And that's what's uh that's that's what's being said. Okay, I got off my train of thought went off there for a second. Five. Fear not. For I am, I am that I am. I'm with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Not one soul left behind. I will say to the north, give it up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Remember what it says in uh, when Christ taught us. Who, who's the harvesters? The angels. The angels come and gather us all. As soon as you die, angels are there for you. They're going to walk you through it, and you're going to face your maker. Hopefully, uh, we're going to learn more about that at the end of this chapter. I'll just save that. But if we're all here at the seventh file, seventh seal, seventh trump, a lot of us will be. The angels are the harvesters. Remember the, the parable of the tares. Seven. Even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Where does it talk about this in other places in the Bible? Isaiah 43, 7, we just read it. God created all souls. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. God owns all souls. Revelation 4, 11, God created all things for his pleasure. That's you and me for his pleasure. Are you pleasing to God? Uh, Job 38, 7, when the morning stars all sang together and when the song and when the sons of God shouted for joy. Stars is figure of speech, prosopopania, or a personification, things represented for people. We are the hosts of heaven. We are the stars. We are those little life forces that God put that life force in us. We bright. We're children of the light. And the light is the truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and Heaven and God forbid hell. You don't want to let, land your butt in hell. We are the morning stars. God created us all for his pleasure, his joy. Remember that. In the beginning was the word. 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning, wisdom was there. As it's written in Proverbs 8, wisdom was there. Wisdom personified. Wisdom was there before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, when the whole universe was a pulverized dust, a conscious form. Our Lord God became a conscious. And then He created us. He created you, me, every one of us for His glory, His joy, His pleasure. Never forget that. Are you pleasing to God? You glory God. You glory the cross and what he's done. He set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. It's the kingdom of heaven, and I want to see you there. Uh, eight, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. That's the spiritually blind. That's Come on, let's all fellowship together here. Let's give it up and give it up all those vain and void things, all this vanity, vanity and vexation of spirit. Give up those things that are hurting you and burning you and Get some, get some comfort into you, some true comfort, some wisdom. Jesus Christ is our teacher, our master, our rabbi. He's our wonderful counselor. Where do you get your counsel from? Where do you get your news from? This is tomorrow's newspaper today. This is the here and now. Nine, let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among you, who among them, who among you can declare this? Who? Nobody. And show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth. This is referring to the infinite intricities of creation. God's going to share that with us. What a great time that'll be, the millennium period. As soon as we, have, as soon as we are released from the bounds of the perimeters of being in these flesh bodies, and we get to be free again. We get to go home to Father. Or you can land your butt in hell because you're carrying stuff with you. Come on, man, give it up. It's got no value. No value whatsoever. Okay, 10. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants who I have chosen. God is our salvation, our Savior. You can be chosen too. But Jesus Christ is our head. He's the, he's the chief cornerstone. He's the rock. He is our comforter. He is our Passover. Okay, and he is the mediator to Father. That we may know and believe that we, that you may know and believe me. Yeah, he sent his servant, Jesus Christ. And now we serve Jesus Christ, and we serve the whole world. We serve Christ to the whole world. And understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Proverbs 8, I was just quoting some of that off the top of my head. It's the greatest thing. Check it out. 11, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior, because his righteous right arm is Jesus Christ. If Remember Jesus Christ had it written. Jesus Christ said, if you have seen the Son, you have seen the Father. Because Jesus Christ is God. He went around saying he was God. And if you don't believe that, then God forbid you think Jesus Christ was a liar. Think about that. 12. I have declared and have saved and I have showed and there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. No strange God Okay, let's talk about this for a second. I think that I skipped a verse. No, otherwise, if you is if you have a strange God with you, otherwise you get nothing from God. Why should you get anything? You get no truth. You got no real answers to alleviate your uncertainties, worry, anxieties. You get mankind's speculators, analysis, theories, expert opinions, hypothesis. They're void of truth. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Just listen to the news. Listen to the mainstream media. Speculators, analysts, 
graphs, theories, experts' opinions. Come on. You never get any truth. No wonder there's so much anxiety and worry out there. People are losing their, their minds. And no wonder. Only Jesus Christ will give you comfort because he gives you the truth. It's a great separating force between right and wrong. It's the truth. And between heaven and hell. There's no negotiating there. There's no purgatory. There's no uh, lawyers lit litigating for you. It's yay or nay. How refreshing is that? God loves you. 13. Yes. Before the day I was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? You can't, you can't challenge God. That's all there is to it. Don't tempt God. Don't challenge God. Don't treat him like he's your butler or some genie in a bottle and put expectations on him. God, I need my MasterCard paid off. Give me 10 grand, will you? God, uh, I'm not feeling too good. Can you fix my sore elbow? God, like, he's not a genie in the bottle. All these things happen to people because we're in the flesh. And the ways of the world are going to eat you up as it's written. When thou passest through the waters, he's our Passover. That's why Christ walked on the waters. Don't look down, Peter. Don't look down. I'm teaching you a lesson here. The waters will flood you. People will flood you. They'll come all around you. That's the ways of the people of the world. The waters. And in verse 2, it said the rivers. These are the things of the world, like the flow of the economy. This is written about in the trumps and the vials. Or I mean the trumps and the seals. The fountains, that's the fountain of activity. The rivers, it's like a rat race. And even if you win the rat race, yo, still a rat. Okay, 13, 14. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Israel is a cipher for Isaac, Sarah, Rebecca, Abraham, and Leah. It means the peace of God. And it means uh, um, Abraham's right in the middle there, father of many nations, including our Arab brothers. He had Ishmael, remember? Uh, for your sakes, I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cries in the ships. Yeah, all the noble ones, all the people, all the people that think they're that, all that in a baggage ship, chips. They, all the evil in the world comes from the human heart. It's perpetuated. It's instigated by Satan, and the evil just flows. And whose cries in the ships? That's the, their cries are for money merchandise, shipping. Ships is used as an analogy of the economy, the one world economy, which is one of Satan's greatest tricks to make the whole world believe he doesn't exist. And his four empires, one of them is the worldwide economy. Another empire is the worldwide political system. Another empire is the global media. And another empire is mainstream religion, destitute of truth. It's the saddest thing there ever is. Pray for everybody, pray for everybody equally. That all come to repentance because everything else outside of repentance has no value. 15, I am, I am that I am, the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Revelation chapter 19, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. 16, thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Check it out, Psalms 104 explains that right up. There's no getting around it. Why did God say, on the first day of the rejuvenation, I taught that in the last chapter. Uh, check it out. The rejuvenation, he made this, he made that, he made this, he made that. He waited till the sixth day to make man because can never give man, mankind can never take credit for the things God made. Six is the number of man, seven is spiritual completeness, the number of our Lord, seven. Okay, which bringeth forth the chariot and 
Uh, did I skip a verse? Uh, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as a toll. It's not like your big toll. That means a wick, like what you make a wick out of. Okay. As we wrap up the affairs of time on this age, God is in control. Um, Psalms 37 will help you with that. When you think all oh, these evil people are getting so much stuff, they're getting so much ahead. Maybe I should just join them. No, Psalms 37. There's a Proverbs 37. Psalms 37. I forget. One of the two. It's not that hard. Check them both out. Those will be good for you. Get them into you. Be somebody. 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife? Looking back, look at people today. I wish it was like it was before COVID-19. Normal. That sucked. Don't forget. There was so much trouble and there was so much conflict and wars in the world. Everyone was just racing for a buck. It was horrible. It's just absolutely horrible. And in the meantime, there's scientists conjuring up this horrific disease that is patented, COVID-19, and now they got this... Don't get me started, okay? I got other things to do today besides get on that. Don't look back. That's what God's saying. Look forward. You can't change the past. And God teaches that. This is really good. Watch this, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? I hope you know it because he tells us, God tells us everything in this book. Uh, I'm going to stop there for a second. He says, I will show, I will do a new thing. And it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? And God tells us all things. Let me tell you something about the Bible. The, the Bible is God's word. It's unassailable. It answers every logical and moral objection conceivable to mankind. It answers every question. It answers every grievance from those who would convict the God they pretend doesn't exist. And, and re, re, repels all accusations against him. That's because God's word is a standard of principles. One cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. God's word is a standard that is consistent. It, mankind is inconsistent. It is impossible to be a human being and be consistent. We've all changed our mind at one point. We all have changed our opinions. We've all changed our thought patterns, and that means we have unprincipled beliefs. Outside the Word of God, God is consistent, unchanging, principled, reason, resolve, written by a higher power, written in the councils of eternity, infinity to present to infinity forward. Everything is there. So God says, Should, shall you not know it? It's one book. You have the average human being person has 40 thinking years to figure out this one simple book. It's so repetitive. It's so full of love. Have the love of Christ in your heart. I pray for you. And get over it. You don't understand something. Don't sit there and blame the book like a little schoolboy. I don't understand that. Would it kill you to say that and feel it and think it and do something about it? Or are you going to sit there with, uh, let's see. Um, you know what? I'm going to go to the next verse because I'm getting out of control here. But I will tell you something. Verse 22 will answer this question from verse 19. Shall you not know it? And then God says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is going to change this place and he's going to give us all a way out. God gives us all a way out uh, through all our problems. There's nothing new to you that hasn't happened to somebody before and God gives you a way out. It might not seem like the most convenient way out. It might not seem the way out that you want out of a problem, but God gives you a way out. And that's written in the book of Corinthians amongst other places. 19. Am I finally off this verse? 20. 
The beast of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls that sit jackals because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen, because you chose him. If you don't choose God, if you leave him and forsake him, that's your fault, man. Like, get over it. God will never leave you or forsake you. I hear people saying that all the time, right from the pulpit. God leave you or forsake you. No, he doesn't. You leave or forsake God. He's always there. His outstretched arms are always there for you. He'll give you a way out. And people leave or forsake God because they think they know better. In other words, they think they are God. Uh, this people... Have I formed for myself? They shall show forth my praise in the millennium period. Great time of teaching, a great time to be on the right side. And as soon as you die, you're instantly with the Father, you will instantly be judged. Like, get your affairs in order. Fate won't negotiate no matter how big of a star you think you are. You could die tomorrow. I'm 54, 53 years old. I could die tomorrow. I could die in 20 years. I could die in 10 years. Whoopie-doo. I'm just trying to serve the Lord now, so I don't want my butt to land in hell. I love all the people, but I don't love what they're doing, and I don't want to be over there. Now, 22 will answer verse 19. But thou shalt not, but thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. That's the posterity thereof. But thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. That's the posterity thereof and whomsoever will. That means wavering faith. Now listen to this. Judicial blindness always follows wavering faith or imaginative criticism or persistent unbelief or chronic disobedience or chronic mocking or scoffing because the mocker and scoffer can never have a linear progression towards the truth. Everything they say is based on fantasy or they, they never have a truth. It's always based on accusation, never fact, the mocker and scoffer. Okay, let's get out of this spot here. 23. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. God doesn't force your love. Hosea 6.6, 6, he wants your free will love only. Like the only reason people go to church and dump money in that basket is because they think they can buy Well, hang on, not the only reason. But they think they can buy their salvation. Go do what they want all week. Oh, I'm going to make up for it in church. Back here, you had to bring burnt sacrifices to the church. And then, okay, I'm good now. I'm good. My ticket's stamped to get into heaven. And God realizes, hey, this is lip service. You guys don't have it in your heart. And let's read the next verse. Hosea 6.6, 6, he wants your free will love, not your, not your burnt offerings. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want you to pay lip service. Let's go on to the next verse. Thou hast bought me no sweet cane with money. Neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. He doesn't want you to sit in the hell side. He loves you. He's not running around, setting fires and throwing you in there and feeling good about it. He's not beating you with the rod of iron. You beat yourself with it because when you see the doors closed into heaven and you're sitting there, but come on, God, come on, God, let me in, God. I have a, you know, like those guys are to blame over there. You have blame, regrets, or you have any of these emotions like anxiety, worries, and fears. You don't have any faith. You have wavering faith. No, you get judicial blindness. Imaginative criticism, judicial blindness. Persistent unbelief, what do you want? You want God to come down and sit there and try and plead with you? And don't get me going because that's coming up and we're going to straighten that out. Remember. Your sins, iniquities, you know, morally falling short, perverse thoughts, words, or deeds. Learn to say no to yourself. Learn to get control of yourself, okay? Um, let's get on the next verse. Even 
I, even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember sin. Like God does this for his own sake. He doesn't hang on to stuff. He doesn't drag stuff with him. He blots it out because what this transgression is like rebellions. This is a sin against lawful authority is what this means because, because you're, you, you have unwavering faith. You have imaginative criticism, persistent unbelief. You're, you're mocking. You're scoffing. And he does this for his own sake. When you ask for forgiveness, he will not remember. He remembers human frailties, which man doesn't remember. Man doesn't consider that. But God forgets our sins. But man remembers stuff. Man drags stuff. You'll rub your face in it. Mankind, you know, you, you people just love rubbing other people's face in their faults, downfalls, faults, and miseries. And people actually find happiness in that. And you can't bring that attitude into heaven. You can't bring blame, entitlement, thinking you're better than others into heaven. Like God blots that out. He doesn't carry it. God puts it behind. Okay, you repent. I can read your heart. I know your heart. I know your mind. I know your intentions. I know your thoughts in real time. There's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. I understand the frailties of being human because I, I made you. I created you. Try and pull up. Try and be stronger. You get strength through God. That's one of the spirits of God. Strength. Those are the spirits you can pray for. There's seven spirits of God, and mankind can only ask for six of them. The seven spirits of God. You can ask for the Holy Spirit to dwell within you, inside you, and all around you. You can ask for the spirit of wisdom. Ask for the spirit of understanding. You can ask for the spirit of counsel. You can ask for the spirit of knowledge. And here, you can ask for the spirit of strength. So you, you don't have to sin and you don't carry sin with you and you don't carry, uh, what's that word, forgiveness. You don't carry unforgiveness with you. But you, the seventh spirit you cannot ask for. It's blasphemy. You cannot ask for reverence. So you revere no man. The spirit of reverence belongs to God. And let's just go, yeah, God blots out sins for his own sake. So why should you carry sin? Or why should you carry other people's sin by not forgiving? Remember, Christ taught disdain. No, you can't carry that. You can't look down at others with disdain. You have to pray for your enemies. You pray that they let go of the way they, their thought patterns and what they're doing, their actions, and come around and we can all fellowship together. Slander is the worst one. It is the deadly sin. Mark my words. That's what Satan did. And he has a one and only death sentence written in Ezekiel chapter 28. He'll be burned from ashes from within because he slandered God. And he challenged God's sovereignty. And he put his ideals in all our heads. And to get rid of those ideals of evil that we can govern ourselves, God had to put us through this age so we can realize, hey, we don't know better. We, this God created us because he's the man. He knows better. Okay, 26. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Give me a break on this verse. Another translation that's not, that translation is no good. Don't even consider you can plead with God or negotiate with God. It's yea or nay. Okay, so this verse, 26, reads, I will pronounce sentence with you to your face based on your scorecard. Okay, you will meet your maker. That's me, God. That's what he's saying. What's on your scorecard works for the Lord. Are you helping broadcast and magnify God's word? Are you supporting God's word? 
Or are you sitting there, you know, counting your $10 bills or your 20s, your Andrew Jacksons, your Ben Franklins, whatever you got? Uh, I got to get to winners today. I got to get to the mall. I got to buy a bunch of crap today. Works and ways to things of the world. What's, what are your works? What's on your scorecard? Are you thinking about God or are you thinking about yourself? Selfish or selfless? Selfish, self-serving attitudes and aptitudes are the last two verses here. Thy first father has sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Sin entered the world through that first guy, Adam. And look what happened. Look what Adam did in the garden. What a character, eh? Like, he, t- he totally throws Eve under the bus. He blames everybody else. He doesn't look at himself. Is that not the trademark of mankind today? As soon as something's wrong, look to blame. That's what Adam did. Read that carefully. It's actually kind of funny because you can see him standing there. The woman did it. And then he, he's, bl- he's pointing fingers all over the place. Yeah, don't take responsibility for yourself. That's selfish. In, uh, and let's just finish this chapter. Therefore, I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary and have given Jacob to the curse and Israel to reproaches. Okay, well, who is Israel now? Manasseh and Ephraim. Double-blessed. And forgetful is what that means. Uh, Double-blessed is Ephraim. Forgetful is Manasseh. Selfish, self-serving. You want to see where the ten tribes went of Israel? Put your finger on a globe on Israel. Where Israel is today, it only became a country. Again, when the two figs came together, as prophesied in May 1948. Okay? Put your finger on the globe, on a map, whatever. And trace the vouchsafe nations double blessed nations, you'll be going up and to the left into Europe, over the Caucasus Mountains, Caucasians, and into Europe and cross the ocean on the Titanic there, probably not the Titanic, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, cross the ocean on a floating door, and there we landed in um, Canada, United States, the vote safe nations, spoiled. We're so spoiled. So many blessings. Anything beyond the basic necessities of life. Selfish, self-serving. And this is what God says. I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary and have given Jacob to the curse. It's a curse. And you can get out of that curse on simple repentance because God loves you. The curse is the ways of the world, the things of the world. As it was written back in verse 2, the waters. This is your curse. That's the ways of the people of the world. And the rivers. That's the things of the world, like the flow of the economy. That's written in the book of Revelation. In chapter 8, Revelation chapter 17, waters of the peoples. Christ taught us what walking on water meant. Chapter 17 is a great glossary chapter of the Bible of Revelation. I hope you enjoyed Isaiah chapter 43. These are my favorite chapters. I just love these chapters about uh, what's going on today all around us. Christ told us all things. Your loving Father would never leave you out in the dark. And don't leave his word out in the dark. Help support this podcast. Help glorify and magnify God's word. If it's not with money, like I'm saying here, I don't have any electricity. I don't have any running water. And let me tell you, man, it's been freezing cold this winter for my little papillon. Lana Del Rey and me have been stuck in this house. And this is a great blessing. It's been very humbling. And I've been able to do a podcast a day here. And But I really need electricity and water. And I need people to come around and do a newsletter. Help me, uh, whatever you want me to do for you. I am your servant. 
I will teach the word, but I cannot organize the church. It's not my gift. I cannot organize where this podcast goes. I just fluke it. I just upload it and just hope for the best. But if you can promote it or if you can share it or whatever you can do, if you want me to do videos, if you want to make this into a church, that's fine because everything belongs to the Lord. I have no wants or needs of any of the things or ways of the world. I just want to teach and I want to be around people like you. People, I love you. I might not love what you're doing. Don't you think otherwise, but I love you to pieces. I pray for you. I pray for the whole world equally. I want to see everybody singing for joy again to our Father in heaven. And I don't make I don't want to see anyone fall short. Uh, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. Yeah, I have a blog on companionchapel.info. Help me with that too. Help God with that. Help the people with that. You're not helping me. I don't get anything. I don't really care. I just need the basic necessities of life. I got this great place here at 77 acres on the river. It's not mine. It belongs to the Lord. This house is dilapidated. When you come up here, number 338, side row 28-29, RR5, Paisley, Ontario, NOG2GO, you'll see a dilapidated house. It's kind of on an angle. Yeah, I'm living in there. And if you want to help make this into a nice church, a great broadcasting center, bring your campers, bring your fifth wheels, bring whatever you want, your tents, bring... You can come in storage container. Whatever. Make this into a church, a great broadcasting center. The river's in the back. This place is gorgeous. I want to thank you very much. Have a great day. And bye for now.